I know you thought you saw the end of Ed Reed when it came to HBCUs, didn't you? But just like that, it appears that Grambling and Reed are having conversations about him potentially being the new Grambling State head coach. Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics. Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. We wrap up today's episode with a two-part feature film because it's a new era in Texas Southern down there in Houston, Texas. We have a new head coach on the way. We'll get into the most interesting candidates to fill that role. And it's going to be a new quarterback because Andrew Body has entered the transfer portal. That's segment two and three. But before that, let's start off in Louisiana because Ed Reed is in conversations to become the new head coach of Grambling State. To be clear, he is not the only person who is in conversations, but he is one of the people who is in conversation. And this is news because I know many of you either thought or desired to never see Ed Reed in an HBCU space again. Quite frankly, I find this funny. One, because I know there's going to be a large amount of negative reaction. I've already seen a little bit of it. To me, the vitriol around Ed Reed is unwarranted. I think that it comes from an extremely emotional place. And I get how it can be emotion, but you have to take a step back, I think. And I didn't like the painting of him as a villain. I didn't like the painting of him as a bad guy, right? I think that he made some missteps around the way or along the way. But in my opinion, his heart was in the right place, and that was a place to help, right? Not HBCUs, but to help the athletes at Bethune-Cookman. And it just so happened to be Bethune-Cookman. It could have been any school, but he was at Bethune-Cookman. And when your heart is in the place of wanting to help these athletes, I think that's a phenomenal trait to have as a coaching or as a coach or any member of a coaching staff, but specifically as a head coach, right? So... I'll tell you the truth. I always wanted to see what he could do as a head coach and what happened in Bethune. It didn't sway me. I'm actually and the reason I laugh. Isn't just the reaction. It's the fact that he did business with another HBCU. That's funny to me because a lot of times when you see someone who was in Ed Reed's position and he's, let's say going against, cause it did kind of seem like he was opposed or, not, or in opposition to Bethune Cookman. A lot of times you'll see them paint all HBCUs with the same brush. 
what Bethune Cookman did is what Grambling did, which is what Virginia Union did, which is what Langston did, which is what Texas Southern did, which is what uh, uh, Kentucky State did. Once one HBCU made a mistake, every single HBCU has to reap those consequences. That's a lot of times what it feels like it was. So the fact that Reed said, yes, what happened with Bethune Cookman happened with Bethune Cookman. But I'm not going to place my anger towards that situation on Grambling. I appreciated that. Or maybe he's had some time. It's been almost a year since then. Maybe he can look within himself and say, you know what? I ain't moved correctly. I should have handled this situation a little bit different. We had some obstacles, but I should have worked with that person or that person. Or, you know, or maybe he just thinks the leadership at Grambling is better than the leadership at Bethune-Cookman. Like, there's so many things that could go to it. I'm not going to place 2022, early 2023, Ed Reed, and say he's going to do the same thing now. You learn from experiences. I think that he let his emotions get the best of him. And coming from personal experience, I've definitely let that happen multiple times. So I'm not going to sit here and judge. I'll criticize and say that he moved wrong, but I'm not going to sit here and judge and make him the bad guy or make him a villain. That's too far, in my opinion. Right? But you might be wondering, Darren, you over here talking about Ed Reed wanting to be a coach for an HBCU like it's charity, like he like he doing us a favor. All right. Let's clear that up, because I do hear that happen a lot where people feel like. A quote unquote celebrity coach speaks as if they're doing an HBCU a favor, and I don't want to fan the flames of that narrative. No, I don't view it that way. I don't view it that way. I do view coaching as a ladder. I do view coaching as a ladder. So when people call HBCUs a stepping stool, I don't necessarily get upset about that. Or I don't necessarily have the same negative, um, the negative response to that that other people would have. I wouldn't even call it a stepping stool. I said it on yesterday's episode when discussing Chennis Berry. You don't know where somebody's ladder stops, where they no longer want to progress from. I'm not sitting here expecting every new coaching hire to be an HBCU coach for the rest of their life. I'm not. I'm just I, that's just not how I'm operating. Right. I believe that certain people want to move up. Maybe they want to be a power five head coach and maybe Ed Reed has that desire. And if he wants to start his journey at Grambling, I'm OK with that because everybody's journey starts somewhere. Right. Do I want him to leave in two years and not really establish to me some stability? No, I don't. That I would have a problem with if he were to do that. But if he coaches here for four or five years and then. He has some success and someone comes to call and he leaves and that's coaching. Ed Reed could be a former Raven or a former DFW Raven, right? That's a little league team. Like it could be anything. And that still is a possibility. So to me, the idea of a stepping ladder or a stepping stool or climbing up the ladder. And I don't view that as using HBCUs. That's not my point of view on it. It's not at all. It's just literally coaching. Like you'll get that at, at Richmond. Like you'll get that at a, at a uh at an Albany, I'm just thinking the two teams that were in HB or when FCS playoffs because those are the only two FCS schools that came to mind right now that weren't HBCUs. You'll get that everywhere. A lot of people will continue to climb until they get to a power five coaching job. That doesn't make everybody along the way a stepping stool, doesn't make everybody along the way just a rung on the ladder. It's just a part of the business, and I don't take exception to that. Sometimes We've seen one example of a quote-unquote celebrity coach moving up faster. I wouldn't want that to happen a second time, but I guess we'll see. If he uses 
HBC or Grambling as a stepping stool and he brings a couple of championships along the way, I'm not too upset about it. Now, you might want to ask, why would an HBCU want to work with Reed? We saw what happened last time he was partnered there. That's a very good question. I'm glad that you asked it. Maybe they know the things that are going on at Bethune-Cookman and said, you know what? Reed wasn't all the way wrong with what he said. Reed wasn't all the way wrong for being upset about it. Maybe he went about it the wrong way. But I feel like I have better leadership than Bethune-Cookman, and I can establish a better line of communication that won't allow the blow-ups, the social media tirades, those things to go out of the way or those things to go that way. They'll be, you know, kind of discarded. We don't feel like that's a risk for us. Maybe they see the coaching acumen, the potential for it. Maybe they see the the mental side that Ed Reed has always brought to the game, the same reason Bethune-Cookman wanted to hire him, right? Maybe. Maybe this. Let's just think about this for a second. Maybe Grambling said we wanted you before we hired Hugh. Hugh's no longer here. And now we want you again because we thought you were a good coach. You're not a coach yet. We still think you could be a good coach. Why don't you come be our coach? Is this the right time now? I think all of these are very realistic things to look at. But I think when you say he blew up at Bethune-Cookman, let's get him out of here. I think that's speaking from a place of emotion. I think that's speaking from a place of emotion the same way what he did spoke from a place of emotion. And I think that if you take a step back and we just say, hey, this guy is a smart player. We want to see what he can be like as a head coach. I think that it makes a lot of sense. The only thing I'm worried about is if we have a disagreement or some things go wrong, is he going to run the social media? That's my only concern. And if I can establish a line of communication because things are going to go wrong. That's just that's just the God's honest truth is that things are going to go wrong. But when they do, do I as a position or a person in a position of leadership have the ability to talk to Ed Reed for us to communicate, for me to explain and for us all to be on the same page where some things need to be handled in house? Some things do not every detail that or not every small thing that goes wrong needs to be detailed publicly. That's just the God's honest truth, okay? And I know I said that twice, so let's roll through and go to Andrew Body because I still am interested to see Ed Reed, the head coach, whether that's at Grambling, whether that's at McNeese State, whether that's somewhere else in the FCS, I don't care. I think that he is an intelligent player, and I think that he will be a good head coach, and I would love to see this in action, especially if it's at Grambling, because I'll be able to watch it up close and personal, and I'll be able to study it with Locked On HBCU. But as we continue with the show, let's look at Andrew Body, right? Because he's entered the transfer portal. What, what went into this decision? And also, what comes from this decision when you're looking at the university? I have the answer for both of those things as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. And listen, on the football field, let's say you're a quarterback. You have to be ready for whatever. You don't know what the defense is going to call. So if this happens or that happens or this happens or that happens, you have to be ready for every single one of those scenarios. So if we take that approach with a quarterback, why wouldn't we take that approach with ourselves in life? Be prepared for anything. You don't know what's coming, so be prepared for all of it. And that's where the Jace case comes in. You have five antibiotics that can treat over 50 infections, right? And nowadays, 
you're seeing these chains and they're running out of antibiotics. Go ahead and stock up for yourself. Go to jacemedical.com and we use the code locked on college. You're going to get $20 off your purchase. That's jacemedical.com slash locked on college, or excuse me, use the code locked on college and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Don't be caught unprepared or don't get caught unprepared. You can prepare for everything with five life-saving antibiotics in the Jace case, and you can even add an extra one of your own choosing. Be prepared for it all. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment two and I, or not all the way to segment two, but making this to segment two. I appreciate you for real. I almost went my third uh, segment opening, right? Because this is a two part. This is a two part. And we're looking at the new era in Texas Southern football. Um, you have Andrew Body who has just entered the transfer portal. And to me, this didn't shock me. Didn't even really surprise me. Um, I think he's gone. Most people who enter the portal are gone, but we see a couple of people come out of the portal, go back to their uh to the school. I'm about 90% sure that he's gone. I can't say anything for certain, so I'll leave that 10 out there just in case, but I'm about 90% sure, certain that he's gone. I know that this was a possibility if Coach McKinney was the head coach. I know this. If Coach McKinney was the head coach of Texas Southern, it was on the table to enter the portal. Not saying he would have done it for sure, but it was on the table. With him leaving, and now he did enter the portal, we know that that was the decision. So it sounds like the portal was on the table no matter what happened at head coach. I almost feel as if the decision to redshirt in 2023 was either connected to or was made and then was like, hey, we're probably going to wretch. We're probably going to enter the portal. So let's go ahead and make sure that we don't take away a year of eligibility in which you will barely play. His body wasn't going to play much. So I don't know if playing five games was worth that year of eligibility. I just don't know it was, right? So especially if you're going to miss so much by the time you return, there was no chance you were going to win. I just, I think that when he entered the, or when he redshirt he had a good idea that he was probably going to enter the portal. I don't think that this was a rush decision. I think that this was well thought out. I've, I've spoken to people in the camp. They're smart people. They're intelligent. They, they, they care about branding. They care about taking care of, of Andrew. Like I, I know that they aren't making brash and rush decisions. So I don't know when the consideration of the portal came in. I don't know when it was because he was on the sideline. The whole season, right? So he never gave up on his team. He was always checked in. He was always the Texas Southern Tiger. I just think that they probably knew, hey, we're going to redshirt. We're going to move on into next year. We're going to make sure that we're fully healthy. We're going to make sure that everybody knows we're good as far as health. We've seen what he's done when he is healthy. We've seen what he did when he was a little bit limited, right? He had a good game against PV. He just had those, those turnovers at the end of it. So I think that those things are always important to look at because we want to see where he's going to go. We want to see where body's going to go. And that one game that he played this year, it's going to matter. 
It's the only game that he's played. We've seen a, a whole season from him. I still think he's extremely talented. I would love to see if he stays in the SWAC. That would be actually pretty interesting because where would he go? He could go to he could go to Southern. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Conley leaves this year. He could go to PV. I wouldn't want him to go to PV, but he could go to PV. Um, uh, not gonna go to Grambling. I, th I think Allen might be a, a graduate student. He could go to Alcorn, right? Let's say that Jackson State has found their their quarterback of the future over there with with uh with Morgan. Maybe he doesn't go there. Fam, you. He could go to FAMU. FAMU's about to lose Musa. It would make a lot of sense, right? You can go over there with Willie Simmons, who's going to help you progress as a quarterback. There are landing spots within the swag for a body. He could go to Howard, right? You could be seeing the, the, the winner of the Celebration Bowl receive Andrew Body, an extremely talented quarterback, somebody who is a back-to-back preseason, all-swag second-team player. That The, 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 the possibilities are endless, as they say, right? But I would like to see him stick in black college football just so I could continue watching. And I think that there's so much untapped potential there. So I'm very excited. Y'all know how I felt about Andrew Body. I think I've been really beating this Andrew Body drum for a year and a half, two years. I've been very high on this guy since his first year at TSU. So I, I'm not going to stop believing in him. I, I like to watch wherever he goes. If I can't watch because... I'm doing my HBCU coverage. I'll check out the stats and see how things are going and whatnot. But the interesting thing about this for Texas Southern is they have Jace Wilson. And because they have Jace Wilson, they could have a replacement. I was asked if I thought that Jace Wilson was going to compete with body. No, I didn't. Matter of fact, it wouldn't like I didn't, I didn't even think it was a up, up in the air. I didn't. But the fact that body is gone. You've seen Wilson against FCS competition, him against FBS competition. You've seen him in conference play, out of conference play. Like you've seen him in multiple game situations. You've seen him have to come from behind. You've seen him kind of be baptized in fire. You don't know the full Jace Wilson. Not only is he going from freshman year to sophomore year, he also just was kind of in a lot of those games that are quote unquote prove it games. He was just thrown in the fire. Like, I don't know if I'm using that that game against, I think it was Rice. I don't know if I'm using that game against Rice or or Toledo. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm using that to really judge him. Right. And when you have a new head coach coming in, he can make that decision. Do I want to rock with Jace Wilson? I've seen basically a whole season from him. I've seen a whole season. Andrew went out week one. Jace Wilson was the starter from week two to the end of the season. I've seen enough to make a decision on whether or not I'm confident in this guy. I'm sure you're not going to say, hey, yeah, bounce, but maybe you want to bring in some competition. But who's going to make that decision? Who's going to be the person who says whether or not we want to keep Jace Wilson with Texas Southern as the starting quarterback? We'll look at the answer to that because I have three very interesting candidates and then two more to make my favorite number of five. But then we have three interesting characters and two more guys that I think are probably a little bit more realistic and on the side that I think will happen as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have Thursday Night Football coming up, 
You have bowl games coming up. You have NFL Sundays every Sunday. We still got them rolling Monday night football. You have the NBA, the in-season tournament. That's going to be tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. It's only a day away. Uh, we're going to have all of those things here, and you can make money on all of those things by using FanDuel. And you'll see the FanDuel spreads on TNT, right? You'll see them on TNT as far as 27 points for De'Aaron Fox, even though my, my Pelicans gave him the boot. He ain't going to be getting no 27 and a half. But, baby, you want to say 27 or 23 and a half for Brandon Ingram? It was 25 and a half, more or less. You pick the over and under. It's, it's, it's just that simple, man. It's very simple. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And then when you go, if you win a $5 money let money line bet on your first try with FanDuel, you will get $150 back. And bonus bets. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. We got it right this time. Also, don't forget to check out Locked on Sports today. The first ever 24-7 that's all day, every day, 11 a.m., 11 p.m., 4 a.m., 4 p.m. Anytime you check it out right now, tomorrow, same time, it doesn't matter. You have a podcast streaming. So make sure you check that out as well. I have three guys who really intrigue me and I've heard be connected to Texas Southern, right? It's a new era. Going to have a new quarterback. Going to have a new coach. This is new. And the first person that gives me the most intrigue is Fred McNair the current Alcorn State head coach. Now, I also believe that this might be the longest shot. I don't quite believe that this is going to get done, but it intrigues me because he's at Alcorn. So the success that comes from this hire is also a detriment to a rival of yours, right? And I, I read that McNair's contract is up. So, they wouldn't be no buyout situation, but I just don't find this realistic. I think he's going to re-up with, with Alcorn. I don't even know if he's using this as leverage. Um, I've heard the McNair camp or somebody in the situation has denied that there's interest here. You know, But where there's smoke, there's fire, maybe. I don't know, but I still think it's a long shot all around. I just find it very interesting because the effects of it are hurting Alcorn. And that's what I like. We've seen it before with Dooley. From PV to Southern, we've seen Mo Williams from Alabama State to Jackson State. Like, we've seen this before. It'll put a smile on my face. I'm going to have to call GA. Look, my guy. We got him in there. But I don't think it's going to happen, so we'll, I'll leave that alone. But the next guy for me is Chennis Berry. And that's who I've wanted since the season was still going on. I felt, look, I, I've been... I'm I'm not gonna sit here and lie to y'all, man. I've been asking for for Coach McKinney's job since the first year, and if I ever found the clip, I wouldn't play it or anything. That's embarrassing. That's kicking somebody while they're down. But I haven't been overly satisfied, so I kind of kept that same energy when I then came on here, and I've been talking about him being on the hot seat each season that I was here. Right? I've been asking for Chinnis Berry for a while. Before the news of, before I even knew that his contract was expiring, 
I was asking for McKinney to be replaced by Chinnisberry. I just think this guy is going to be really good. I think that he's going to have a a Damon Wilson type of path where I think that Morgan State is going to be in the mix for a MEAC championship next year. I really do. And you saw the improvement from year one to year two. That's the way that I view Chinnisberry. Chinnisberry might be able to come in and get it cracking immediately. But I think that you're looking at two, three years, and he can build himself into a contender on the on the FCS level. I genuinely believe that Chinnisberry's path will be similar to Damon Wilson if he chooses to be a part of the MIAC or the SWAC. And if he chooses to be a part of the SWAC, I hope that it's not Southern, but it's Texas Southern. Hopefully everybody got the, the names wrong. We're here in South Carolina State. We're here in Southern. I want TSU. I want them Tigers. That's who I want. And this is the guy. I think he will bring a, a culture of success that TSU needs. And hopefully it's a culture of success that TSU will adopt. He's the most interesting and he's my favorite candidate on this list. Then the last one that's a little interesting to me is Andre Johnson. But it's also the least interesting. But you got to understand, Dre is like the guy in the city. Andre Johnson is the man in Houston, Texas. So if he were to become the head coach, I just would love to know what the city reaction would be. Houston is a hotbed of talent. I'm sure that he could recruit a lot of talent there. And he's expressed interest. This is not me. This is not me saying, oh, let's hop on this quote unquote celebrity train or anything like that. He's came out and said that he would take the job if offered. I don't know of them to offer. I'm not going to say much about it. I'm not overly intrigued because it doesn't seem as if the school is overly intrigued. So I will follow suit. But let me tell you who I think gets it, right? Because I don't think any three of these guys are going to get it. I don't think McNair leaves. Um, I don't think McNair leaves Alcorn. I think that Barry probably ends up going to a South Carolina State or a Southern, but I'm hoping I'm wrong about that. That's the, the least long shot. And then Andre Johnson doesn't seem like the school is really interested in going that route. So I'm not going to give that overly uh, much attention, to be honest. But I think that you have a guy like Mickey Joseph, who brother of Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator in NFL, a former Nebraska head coach, right, interim head coach. Like I think that he's being interviewed for the job. I think that he's realistic. I think that Brett Maxey, a former TSU alum, or a TSU alum, he's not former, but a TSU alum, I think that he's going to be in the mix. Both of those guys have been interviewed. As much as I would love for TSU to make some splash, I think that this is what it'll be. And splash doesn't equate to success. It doesn't. But Chinnisberry would. <laughs> Fred McNair would. But Chinnisberry will be the splash. Like I got... Like I think that I think that Chinis Berry will be the splashiest head coaching hire in FCS football. No, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everybody. It's a lot of schools. Chinis Berry will be the splashiest hire in black college football. I don't care where you're looking at. If he leaves Benedict College, that's going to be an extreme splash. And I hope that it's a TSU. Now, in tomorrow's episode, we have Gerald Huggins coming on. He'll be looking at the time off in between the MEAC's last game and then the Celebration Bowl and then the, the SWAC's last game and the Celebration Bowl because a lot of people have this conversation. And fingers crossed you, you might be able to check out a very special feature Friday this week 
and I'm excited for it. It should be going down, but I'll have more news about it on tomorrow's episode at the end. So until next time that we hear each other, family, keep your fingers crossed for me. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.